Hello everyone and welcome to episode 13 of the Sport Overload podcast. And today I have another sports journalist. It is Eamon Gunnar. Welcome on, Eamon. How are you getting on? Thanks for having me. No problem at all. So I'm going to start it off by asking you the generic question at this stage. Um, was sport like a big thing in your childhood really? Yeah, yeah, like I'm from a sports, well, my dad's side of the family, my mom has no interest in sports at all, but my dad and my dad's side of the family, football is, Gaelic football is everything. So, um, yeah, I actually grew up in England. I lived in London when I was when I was younger, so it was mainly soccer that was kind of my passion. And, um, yeah, and then my dad would have been big into that, coaching teams and stuff like that over there because of that was the sport. And when I came back, it was still, I'd still be massively into into soccer, but um, once I moved back to England, to Ireland, really, about thirteen, um, it's just Gaelic. Gaelic has been everything. Um, it's like what I work in, but it's also my passion. Like it's what I, you know, talk about. It's what I follow. It's what I play in my spare time. Um, yeah, it's everything in my life. Like, and it has been for as long as, as long as I remember it. And when did you like? know that you wanted to get to where you are now really um well like when i was younger and i was living in england i wanted to be a football a soccer player like and when i came over to ireland my, my passion switched to ga essentially by the age of like 16 i started focusing more on ga and um or completely nearly on ga and like you have to obviously work as a ga player so I was always thinking of jobs that would be facilitating GA and facilitating a, you know, playing that sport. But at the same time, I didn't really want, it never really appealed to me kind of just to be a teacher or just to have a job that kind of would be taken, taken by just so I could have free time. So, um, yeah, sports journals were kind of just really suit because I love writing. It's really interesting kind of, I like just the kind of, I suppose the the change and how every day is different and exciting um, and it just really appealed to me and uh, yeah it wasn't my first choice in the leaving cert I actually had down I actually had down PE teaching and um, as it turns out I I when I lived in England I I came back to Ireland and I started teach I started studying Irish um, and just before my junior cert I realized I didn't have to do Irish for the junior cert so I because I could get an exemption. So I pulled out just like two or three days before the junior start. My family went nuts. And uh, so I went through the whole June, the whole rest of school not having to do Irish because I was exempt. And when I got my results, I didn't get any of my top three preferences because my exemption hadn't gone through. So I had like a week where I had to get back to my leave and to my school and get them to put through the exemption properly. And like I had to then wait to, for the universities to accept, accept me or not. And uh in that time, I kind of just came to terms with the fact that like all the other things I was putting down weren't really what I wanted or what I'd love to do. And I actually thought I'd love journalism. And the only thing that was holding me back was that people were saying, oh, there mightn't be jobs. It'd be hard to get a job. But I was like, you know what? At least I love what I'm doing. And um, so, yeah, I just went for it with that. So it was kind of, yes, it was something that I kind of had in mind and wanted to do, but um, there was still a lot of luck in it as well. <laughs> Um, yeah, you were, you were lucky there with the exemption, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, and I, and 
yeah, I was lucky because as like I, I love writing and I love sports and it made sense, but I was just being held back from what other people were saying. And I would have gone on and done something like I would would have been a, I was thinking of like a PE teacher or I was thinking of becoming like a lecturer or in English or history or something like that. I was just thinking of jobs where I could still kind of have my you know my English or whatever into it, but it would still be I still have freedom for my for playing my sport like so i suppose the sacrifice in being in doing journalism is that i haven't kind of really been able to have the full time to give to my own playing career thus far um since i was like left university really but i suppose that's just kind of the balancing act that you have to choose in uh when you make your decisions yeah um you've not you haven't looked back since you got into world of journalism anyway and how has the journey been like? Yeah, it's good. Um, it's an interesting like uh, time, I suppose, at the moment because the last year or so has been so stagnant and doesn't really feel like you know you've just got everyone's just kind of doing their best to kind of keep the thing taking over and trying to find when sport has been the pause button has been on life and the pause button has been on sport generally. Even the sport that has been going on has been um, you know has been different. So. And yeah, just trying to keep it going the last year or two. But from from um from when I finished college, yeah, it's just been had been very very uh, full on at the start. Um, in terms of just getting into getting my foot in the door in places, and just had to work really hard and um and did work really 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 hard. And uh, things just started to fall in place for me then. And when the position came up in the Irish Times, I was kind of doing well. Um, but I was doing a lot of news journalism. Um just general news um and I was I was with the Daily Mail and I was getting a lot of front pages and stuff like that and I enjoyed like that I was doing I was doing well but it wasn't my passion you know so I suppose sports is slower paced but it's uh yeah I, I'm lucky like you know I get to on the weekend I get to work with the GA matches on in front of me you know um I get to go to games I get to you know if, you know, it's 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 what I'd be doing anyway. A lot of days, you know, like Stephen's Day is a perfect example. Like I work generally on St Stephen's Day. People are always like, "Geez, how would you work on St Stephen's Day?" But if I wasn't working, I'd be watching all the games anyway. Like, so it doesn't make any difference, you know. Um. So yeah, I just feel very lucky. Yeah, and that's like one of the main reasons why I started. It's like it is just to talk to people like you, like because I want to be a sports journalist, like I want to be on TV or something like that. So I just want to be talking to people like you, just finding out how to go about it and just hearing people's stories, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the thing with it is. It's, journalism has been made into a into a degree. Um, and like I studied journalism in DCU and I love DCU, but like it's been turned into a degree, but and you come into it that way nowadays, but like, I think journalism is a craft and like, it's similar, like years ago, all the journalists came through, like they were, they didn't come through with degrees. They came in when they were very young into the newspapers and they learned through just experience and just through learning through other journalists. And um, that's basically the best learning that I got was just from doing, asking questions and just being put into real life situations. And you either, you know, swim or, or sink like, and that, uh, but yeah, you've got to, as a journalist, the first thing you've got to do is be able to ask questions. Like, and if you can't ask questions for yourself and your own progress, you know, you're going to struggle to ask questions and pick up the phone 
um, for your work. So yeah, that's the best. That's the best thing that you can be doing is what you're doing. Yeah, um, and like I'm surprised with how good it's going. Like, um, and I saw there about a couple of weeks ago, a you had an interview with one of the biggest sports performance coaches, Dave Allen. Mm. What, what was that experience like? Yeah, it was brilliant. Like, I'm such a huge fan of Dave Alred. Like, he, I read his book, The Pressure Principle, and um, yeah, it was just fantastic. What a fantastic book! And um, like, one of my favorite sport, one of my favorite athletes is Johnny Wilkinson, and like, he's obviously been fundamental to Johnny Wilkinson's career. So, that book was brilliant for me, and um, yeah, I just kind of wanted, like, if he'd had, like, I've been looking for similar books and similar kind of learnings, um, but nothing compares to that. So I have the opportunity to actually sit down and talk to him and ask him questions. And um, I got really good feedback from it where people just felt like, you know, I was really engaged and it was a great interview and stuff like that. But to be honest, I was just asking him the questions that I want to know for myself. And um, that's the best. Like I had the research done because I read the book and I know him out because I'm massively interested in it. And then my, I was able to engage with them on a really good level because, as I said, I wanted to know all of them secrets and all of those answers. It wasn't just asking for the sake of it. And I suppose that's, um, you do see that sometimes with a lot of sports journalists or journalists in general, they're kind of just asking questions and you're kind of at home dying for the next questions to be asked or just to push it a little bit further. But they don't because, yeah, it's not there. They don't have the same interest in it as, as you would if it meant more or if you were ingrained in it. So, um, but yeah, he was fantastic. And um, I'm hoping to do some more bits with him with um, Sport Endorse as well. So um, get more information out of him as well. Um, yeah, um, I didn't actually watch it myself, but I saw, I've seen bits of it. And I, and I have to agree with those people. You are, you're a very good interviewer. And so Thanks. far... So far, you're a very good, in, you're a very good person to interview. Cheers, cheers. Yeah, it's funny being on the two different sides of it. Um, yeah, I'm more used to doing the interviewing than being interviewed. But um, yeah, no, it's it's good and like it's all conversational. And the beauty with these kind of um, Zoom calls and um, Instagram lives and stuff is from doing TV. Like it's it's actually very close to. Um, somewhat close to kind of a tv kind of live environment because you know things can go wrong and you're trying to click the things and you just have to kind of go on the on the move like and um yeah where some of tv and stuff is scripted and you know rehearsed and practiced and get the right version of it but for live tv live radio or podcast and stuff that's how it is and you just kind of have to just get comfortable with your own voice and you know being in front of the camera yeah um at least you have the well. I have the power to edit it and stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> so, because if I didn't have the power to edit it, uh, it, let me just tell you, what some of them wouldn't have turned out so good. <laughs> yeah, the edit, the editing is the key. Yeah. Saves us, makes us look good. Yeah. Um, but I'm just going to go back to something that you said earlier. Um, just about college, like you were saying that you were gonna do PE teaching and stuff like that, just because like you were, you were kind of afraid what people thought of you. 
um, is that right? No, more so I wanted to do PE teaching and stuff like that because, well, first of all, there were jobs, like I, I grew up with like my dad, like so I play, was playing with the county team and, and I grew up with my dad and my family just saying like, just do a job that you'll have free summers so you can play football. So I was looking at jobs that fit that bill for that. And then what I was afraid of was that I want journalism sounded perfect for me, but I was afraid there'd be no jobs because um, everyone kept saying at the time we're in the recession like and at the time everyone was saying you know there's media is dying newspapers are dying there'd be no work in that why would you go into that um and i suppose i just let kind of that get into my head and made my decision based off of based off of that where i shouldn't have i shouldn't have um let that interfere me because realistically if you're if you really want something you know and you do a good job at it like and your four stores open you know you'll you'll get there and i'd prefer to be doing something i'd like than um i'd prefer to be doing something i like rather than something that had more opportunities but i didn't like it so but i didn't realize that when i was 17 you know i'm filling out filling out my form of universities so the the, the exemption scenario gave me that chance to, to think that through and come to that realization and what would be like your best piece of advice for like young journalists that want to get into sports journalist journalism or just journalism as a whole like um the two the two things i think they and it's it's funny because it it does apply to most most industries but like especially journalism you, you have to be willing to to pick up the phone like and to to like ask the questions and i find found when i was in college there's a lot of people who were like working for the college newspapers and for where you know there was no difference in picking up a you know speaking going to a, a college game and doing it for the college newspaper why not go to why not ring up a, an actual newspaper and ask them can you go to a county game and cover it and do the match report afterwards and like if you ask enough people and you, you show the interest people will you know they will give you the opportunity and then in journalism you're doing a lot of like cold calling you pick up the phone hey how are you um you know some especially like i'm, I'm involved in playing as well so like i know a lot of managers and stuff like that and you're ringing them up and you're asking you know is this guy injured or is that and it's awkward like and you just need to get used to picking up that phone and or asking that question and a lot of people aren't aren't willing to do that and then the other thing is you have to be willing to work in to work your way in you can't just be fixed on exactly what you want to do so like i got into sports through news and i hate news so i never watched i didn't know anything that was going on in the world in news like i just watched sports every newspaper i ever picked up i flipped to the back page and then suddenly the the the, the break that i got was all true news like and that's where i kind of got through and got my cv built up and got working with national papers was all true news so um and I just found a lot of people kind of who was in college and stuff like that. They knew exactly what they wanted to do, but they weren't willing to do something different just to get in the door. And you have to just do whatever it takes to get in the door. And then, you know, you start making your contacts and you start then going into wherever you want to, you know, cause we're very young. Like I, I've been working with the Irish times for six years and I've been doing, you know, for seven or eight years now I've been like working in journalism and, like I'm very young, like you know, it's, it's got a long career ahead of you. So like, there's not there's no harm in working somewhere that mightn't be exactly where you want to go for for a couple of months or for a couple of years if it leads to go to the position that you actually do want. 
Yeah, um, and that's, as I said before, like that's what I'm trying to do here. Just get contacts and more contacts. Yeah. Like, because when I go into college, as you said, you'll, you'll just have to pick up the phone straight away and start asking people questions like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And you just get used to it and get comfortable with it. And it's it's a set, it's it's a craft more than a and it's a it's a skill more than it is a like that you do the same things over and over in journalism. The same there's the news cycle repeats itself and your day is kind of it's a lot of similar stuff, but you're searching for something different all the time. So like if you can get good at the regular stuff over and over and then you're hungry enough to look for the for the different thing that it's the it's the different thing that makes the story, like, you know. But the the, the procedure of how to write an article, the procedure of how to go about, you know, contacting people, getting quotes, it's the same, you know, all the time. So like you break a story, you know, exactly, you, you need to learn how to exactly go after that story. And it's just the same procedure always. Um, you know, you get, you, you find out you're angry, you go, you go making phone calls. Like that's, that's the way you go about it. And it's similar for TV, radio, print. Um, and yeah, you, all you can do is just keep practicing and practicing and getting better at it. And, uh, I'd be like, I have like Maliki Clarkin here in the Irish Times and uh, John O'Sullivan and a few of the more senior journalists, uh, Sean Moran. And yeah, like I ask them a lot of questions and, you know, read a lot of their copy and they'd be different type of journalists than I would be. But like, you're just constantly learning. And that's the only way you're going to get better is by learning and asking. So. And what would be like your favourite sport to write about? Ah, GA definitely the Gaelic football. Um, because I'm so ingrained in it myself from playing, and so as I said, like when I'm at, when I'm interviewing and analyzing games, I'm doing it for out of my own interest, and like I love doing that anyway. Like so, if I sit down and watch a lot of games for my column, like I want to watch those games, and I'm I'm so interested in it in myself, learnings from myself, and it's just very seamless. Um, but yeah, I don't know when I stop playing myself. Um, I like I I'm a, like it's a contradiction for some people, but like I love my soccer. Like I love I love watching soccer. I grew up in England playing it, and um, yeah, like I love watching you know good high quality game Liverpool playing, and uh, so um, yeah, so I'm a big fan of soccer as well. Like, but at the moment, like it would be GA solely like um, hurling as well. Like I'm 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 a big big hurling fan from Russ Common, so there's not as much hurling. Um, I wouldn't have been growing up around it, but like, yeah. So GA, definitely. Uh, judging by the smirk on your face, I presume you're a Liverpool fan. Yes, yes, big Liverpool fan. So um, I used to be. I used to say I'm a big Liverpool fan, unfortunately, but fortunately that's no longer the case, and things have turned for us. So it's a nice time to be a Liverpool fan. Just when I thought we could be friends, like, um, yeah, did you go and throw that in the spanner and the works? Like, <laughs> it's always when you say you're a Liverpool fan, you always run the risk of the person you're talking to being a United fan more than likely, and they're not going to take it well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, de- <laughs> I'm definitely not a United fan, so oh, so you're no competition then, it's okay. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Um, you, you, yeah, I mean, you're a fan. You, know, you are a United fan. Yeah, I was being yeah. sarcastic. <laughs> yeah, no, it's nice. 
uh, I work with Patrick Madden in the Irish Times and Patrick's a really good soccer reporter and uh, he's a huge United fan, like a massive United fan. Like he wouldn't miss a game. Um, he still travels all over Europe to watch their matches like pre-COVID um, and still sees a lot of games. He's a season ticket holder and he would, we get on very well. But we just can't talk about Liverpool and United. So <laughs> it's not allowed. Yeah, it's understandable. And um, so, are we going? How do you think was common are going to get on in the championship this year? It's hard to tell because you know Canada is so competitive, and you know that if West Common go well and play well, there's very little between you know those teams. So um, they've got Galway in the first round, and Galway are obviously abysmal against Kerry, but they've looked very strong since that. So it's hard to to know exactly where 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 Galway stand, um, but they have looked good. And then Mayo, obviously, the last the last year have looked really strong. So um, it's hard to know. Like Roscommon, in one sense, have have a really settled team, kind of, um, which is good because you know, like COVID haven't had much time to prep prepare for new players coming in, and um, you kind of they know what they're going to get and they're kind of settled in their set plays and all of these kind of things. But there's very little change in the squad. And uh, yeah, that was my worry coming into the league was just that, yeah, if you stay the same, you generally, or if you aim to stay the same, you know, you generally go backwards. And that'd be just my concern. I don't really see many fresh faces. Rich Hughes came in there half back and I think he'd break into the team. That's pretty much it that I see in terms of changes. Um, Kieran Murch and Jim Murch could play a big role this year and they're just back last year and yeah that's they've been around you know for the last decade so like there's no real change in the squad and that would be the only concern I'd have that it could be a bit flat and a bit predictable and lads mightn't be flying as much because the competition isn't really there um, but in terms of quality and that's there and players being at that that time to, be, to peak you know we've seen over the last few years they've beaten Galway and Mayo so um be more comfortable playing Galway than Mayo, to be honest. I'm just going to throw another spanner into the box. I'm a Galway man. <laughs> I guess by your by your looks, your looks there. But I'm right on the border with Galway. I, I live right across from Banisloe. Or my well, I grew up right across from uh, Banisloe, be my like local local town. So I grew up with that with lots of Galway people. Um, but look, the thing with Galway is if Galway get to Crow Park and Galway get into All-Ireland semi-finals, like their confidence grows and they won't be losing All-Ireland semi-finals and finals like like Mayo do if they get to them. But um, Galway are strong around the middle and that's the only chance. Like, there's common aren't and they can really dominate that area. So if, if Conroy and Steed and these lads, Tierney around the middle, dominate, like they have to dominate and they're capable of it. That's what they did in the league game then they'll beat Roscommon. But if Roscommon can break even in the middle, I think Roscommon will beat Galway, where Mayo's style of play, I, I just don't, like, I don't see, I don't I don't think it suits Roscommon. Yeah, I honestly think myself that we're, after bringing in, I'd say, one too many fresh faces, to be honest. Um, uh, yeah, because, like, we were, atrocious against Kerry. Yeah. I'll, I'll say that straight up. We were atrocious against Kerry. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I was... But, like, I, I was listening to Paddy Andrews there on the OTB um, 
podcast with Tommy Rooney and he was he was talking about um after that game he was actually saying that he'd prefer like Roscommon played against Dublin and only lost by what, six points and they were never kind of getting fully hammered and but Roscommon like conceded the kick out and played very they never looked like they were ever going to win where Galway were quite naive against Kerry and kind of went for it in certain ways and they played they tried a lot of new guys and they got hammered but at least it was kind of with a bit of ambition you know and they've pushed on they finished the league in a stronger place so um but Kerry had a strong team out that day and they kind of everything clicked for them and I think when when Kerry playing through the forwards like that you know it's very hard to beat them but Galway have been stronger and they do look more balanced so um I wouldn't read into that too much. I think he definitely learned from that. It's just Joyce is trying to he has to get that balance right between being a bit naive in his tactics and and you know and not being like what they had been in the previous years before that when they're just very standoffish and a bit too defensive. That's but that's the challenge for everyone. Yeah, um I thought against Dublin like we were we put it up to them for the first half and then we yeah. kinda let go in the second half like they got the two goals I think there at the end and that was the game really but like I honestly think that we put in a good effort like yeah 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 no the the but they've got Galway put up some decent showings against Dublin over the last few years so again it's just a case of you know that the main kind of players getting them out in the right positions and there's definitely have some players coming in there who are strengthening them up. I, I really like the look of Tierney. He can play in lots of different positions and he he really strengthens around the middle um, when he comes out there as well, even though he's not, not really, I suppose, a natural midfielder. He's, he's more of a centre forward, but he, he looks quite natural when he comes out around there and he can also float, float out from, from the forward line and Cook play well in that game. So, um, yeah, he Joy seems to kind of He's very, you know, headstrong. Like, and he seems to fancy some guys and not fancy some others. So, like, you know, Tom Flynn and, and these guys don't seem to be kind of his. He doesn't seem to fancy them, um, but he needs to fill in other because they are good players. So he's he's obviously trying to fill in other guys, and so he will he will kind of he will need Cook Tierney, these boys to really step up, and then Conroy and them to to carry on performing. But yeah, in that in that Dublin game, they played well. Um, like Dublin are kind of in cruise control and. In these league games, but they're competitive, you know. And they were competitive, especially in the first half. So, um, yeah, it looks good. Like Galway are coming in in a good place, I think. So, like in that game against Roscommon, they they'll have to be favourites. Yeah, um, I I think so. Uh, I'd say we beat you by like a goal. Um, I just have yeah. to get, I just have to get in that in there. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I wouldn't be over. I wouldn't be overconfident of it now. At the same time, if it was you, but the last few years, I was every time it's coming to play Galway. The last few years, I've been very confident because Galway, under previous managements, have been very standoffish, and you let them Roscommon forwards play, and they will hurt you. Um, but yeah, I think Galway are playing a bit different now, and I think it will suit. It will. Um, it will be better for them against Roscommon. You know. Will be better for them. And having Conroy around the middle, he dominated that league game, dominated it. And if he's around there, you can. I know it sounds old fashioned or whatever, but like if you pressurize Roscommon, they they go long and they kick out. Roscommon concede. So if you can get the ball out to that middle third, you can really, really dominate them there and um, shorten their supply and just make it a different game. Where if, if you play that standoffish football, Roscommon have lovely footballers. Like 
really, really nice forwards. Smith Brothers, the Myrtles, Cox, you know, Kilroy, Devaney, really, really nice footballers. And um, they will hurt you if they get ball and you, and you don't press up on them. So it depends on Galway's tactics. And um, But yeah, like I said, the last few years, I was confident every time Roscommon played against them, we've had some big wins. But um, I think Galway do come in as favourites, but I, I, I wouldn't be one bit shocked if Roscommon bet them. Um, okay. Thank you very much for your input. Um, so I didn't want to keep you too long. Uh, I know your work day isn't done yet. Um, so I'll let you go and I'll leave the last word to you if you want. Yeah, no, that's that's no no problem. Thanks really for having me and um best of luck in uh in your own endeavors and um yeah, and just keep plugging, keep plugging at it and keep keep working hard and uh keep asking the questions and and it'll come like you know, it'll come. Right, thank you very much. And I just want to say a big thank you to Eamon for coming on the podcast. I really enjoyed it. And I hope following his footsteps in the next couple of years. And I hope you enjoy listening.